Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Greetings and welcome to episode eight of the Arcade Raiders podcast. This is what happens when you give a group of content creators a microphone and an audience. I am Jeremy, and with me to help deliver in the shenanigans is my good friend Jesse. How are you, sir? Uh, it's been a busy, busy week, dude. How are you doing yourself, my good friend? I am doing pretty well. I've had a really good week. I had some business work out of town. I got to play some games. Took the old PlayStation 4 to the hotel, so that was kind of oh, nice. How was that? It wasn't bad. It was a car trip, so I got to plug in the PS4 to the TV and get about three or four hours of Greedfall in, which was pretty cool. Nice. How are you enjoying that? I really like it. Um, that's one of my games I'm going to talk about a little bit later, but I'm digging it. I, I think it's good. Um, a lot of people are kind of being a little harsh on it, but I think it's a pretty good game. Yeah, I was reading the reviews, and I was kind of like tearing my, like, like, do I really still want to pick it up? Uh, you know, it's like... You, you're all hyped for it. Then you start reading the reviews or something, and it's like, maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, know. that's the worst. When you, when you really worse. get excited about a game and then reviews start tearing it down, it makes you – it. there's something about that with the human response that they hear – they see a bad review, and then they immediately try to put themselves down. I've kind of got old enough to where I'm like, you know what? If I want to play it, damn it, I'm going to buy it and play it, you know? Yeah. So I'm yeah I'm I'm I've had a good week but I'm pretty exhausted um, not only physically but the games this past week and this uh, week are here oh dear God it's Keemageddon I've been neglecting my sleep schedule quite a bit um this past week and I honestly I'm just too old for that mess you know like I had I think a personal day like from streaming and stuff that on Wednesday because I just need a day to just kind of like not do anything I shut my brain off I watched anime and I just did nothing. I was like, you know what? I was want a chill day. That's sorry, good. games. Sometimes you need that, you know. Sometimes you need a chill day from video games and streaming. I felt that way last weekend. I just kind of was like, you know what? I just don't want to. I just need to keep my mind off games. I just kind of want to just take a little bit of a break. And you know, I get back into it. And then all of a sudden, boom! Tokyo Game Show. You know. Well, that's kind of like our whole like culture because we all we're both like streamers. We're all both partner streamers. Where we pretty much know like a missed day could mean like a missed follow, a missed sub, a missed donation. That yeah. can everything. And it's so hard for us to say, like, I need to stop now until our body's like, I can't do it anymore. We're taking a day off. Yeah, sometimes it just happens. Sometimes you just, you know, you need that day off. And you're like, okay, um, I need a day off. I need a day off away from screen. I need a day off away from this. So it happens quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and there's so much to get done with the hell. It's like, okay, it's now change of seasons. That means everything's starting to go wrong. I like power cleaning for our winter hits. 
I get trapped in here for like four months, like four brilliant months of just gaming. So it's like, I gotta go inside, gotta do something. Okay, yeah, I can stuff done. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Tokyo Game Show this week. Holy crap! Yeah, Tokyo Game Show. Hold your god, there was there <laughs> Final Fantasy Seven. Oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. I watched the video I'm... probably four times, and every time I watched it, I would notice something and just kind of just. <gasps> You know, just go, oh my gosh, or oh no, or oh, that looks so different, but it looks so cool. You know, I'm I would ex- just kind of shake. I am so excited. I'm so excited they're doing like a whole, like, either you have turn based combat or you have your live action shit stuff. Yeah. Which I think is a great addition because sometimes I feel like being like way too into the game. And other times I feel like just laying on the couch being like, eh, eh, attack. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, but. There was more yeah, Death I, I was Stranding. About the Death Stranding video as well. I it looks so hype, but I'm just like I, I know it's Kojima. I know it's Kojima. I know it's gonna do good. It's not gonna be Konami. <laughs> He's not gonna Konami it. Yeah. I yeah, I'm excited for it. I I think it explained a lot more. So we kind of get an idea, you know, what's going on and, and a little bit of the backstory on what's going on, but we also get a little bit of the backstory on the characters, and that's what I really like to see. Um, you know, visually I think the game's gonna be awesome. I think we're going to have a story in which we're going to have to interpret a lot uh, based upon, you know, some themes and stuff that's going to go on. But again, I'm, I'm excited about the game. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. So it's definitely going to be on on my playlist for sure. Oh, there's but. so much this week. And I'm ready for this, day to be, this whole like year to be done with. Like, okay, no more no more conventions or done conventions. Hopefully. <laughs> are we are we done? Well, I think the end of the year. So December with the... Uh, with wait, the game there... awards, that typically ends it, right? Uh, wait, no, there's EGX. Oh, there's EGX. That's right. Oh, it just doesn't so stop. <laughs> it just doesn't stop. It's fine. It's fine. It gives us something <laughs> to talk about, though, right? It gives us news, hopefully, and hopefully, news won't be that bad. <laughs> and speaking of news, ladies and gentlemen, friends and enemies, we're here to deliver some of the weekly video game news with our thoughts, commentary, and of course, excitement. Every week, we like to take a look at the sweet, sweet video game goodness. So now it's time for some of that Arcade Raider news with Jesse. Welcome to Arcade Raider news, guys. Let's take a look at this this week. First story. I feel it's a weekly segment now where we insert publisher gets allegations from former devs about blank, blank, and blank. Well, this week, we turn our eyes over to publisher Nicholas. Nicholas responds for reports of many indie games like the NS9, Bind of Isaac, and Cave Story. Multiple external developers and former employees say Nicholas founder Tyrone Rodriguez have dealt with abusive behavior, dubious business practices, and the classic racism. Oh boy, oh, this guy's in a class act. Allegations also said that Rodriguez pressured employees and potential clients to drink heavily at events, use racial slurs, and other forms of trolling and exploitive behaviors. Skype blogs show founder using racist, homophobic, and of course, anti-Semitic slurs in Nicholas Groovechat or Skype. David Crook, designer of Under the Gungeon, and Nigel Laurie, publisher of Devolver, both said that Rodriguez ghosted them in the development of the PS4 port of the game and the Gungeon. After Nicholas signed an NDA agreement and also received the Gungeon source code, he didn't show up, didn't respond back in emails. So at this point, he agreed, but he didn't deliver. Super Meat Boy and Bind of Isaac creator Eric McMillan has also decided to move away from Nicholas with the future exports of their games, Legend of Bumbo and Eugenics. 
Nixon responded to McMillan's decision, but not coming to allegations. Developing and publishing games is a dream for the staff and nearly 20 that work at Nicholas Incorporated. Some of our team have been with the company almost a decade, and we work hard to create an environment where we treat our teammates with respect. With respect. We don't condone abusive workplace environments or discriminations and have people from all walks of life. We hope the continued success of internal teams and external developers. Regarding the company on our mutual NDA with Nicholas, Devolver, and Game Bakers, we can only comment that we don't have any signed publisher's agreements with them and never have. So, Rodriguez, welcome to the Racist Club. Um, I hope you understand you don't do that yeah. ever. Dude, it's just getting, a weird story. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's another indie dev that's getting attacked here. Yeah. And for all right reasons. This is another freaking... This what goes behind the scenes. And to make your employees drink at events, especially with potential clients, you're making yourself look like an ass and making them look like an ass. Yeah, 100%. Um, as for the racism, we already got Skype blog. So pretty much, come on, dude. You're already like, you're nuts already in the vice right now. Yeah. Especially if there's already, you know, if they look back at those Skype blogs and see that this yeah. dude is just not being nice, he's not saying nice things or appropriate things. I mean, he's... He, he it's right there the evidence is right there you know and again that, that has no place in the workforce that has no place in video game development and to act that way and show those 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 low standards and things like that it's, it's ridiculous um you know just don't do it be nice do it. you know because this is this this trickles down and you know when when people mm -hmm. see in my opinion when people see these developers and these leads acting like this it makes them not want to play the game. It really does. You know, sometimes, you know, with allegations of things and stuff and, you know, look at Red Dead Redemption 2 when, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of the stuff came out about them, you know, using crunch. You know, a lot of people said, well, then I'm not going to buy your game. You know, if you're going to treat people like that, well, this just goes that too. And I feel that some people make their buying choices based upon how things happen with these developers and publishers. And this is just not a good thing. You know, this is not nice. And it, like you said, it puts them in a little vice there and to which... It's just not going to be good. And this other thing too, you know, like this this statement, you know, that that they released, you can tell it was a canned response. It was, you know, it was one hundred percent canned response. A lawyer said, "Okay, let me type something out. Let's ship this out and make it, you know, try to do some damage control." I'm sure, you know. Again, I don't know the inner workings with either of these companies. I've honestly, I've I played, I've never played Binding of Isaac. I played Super Meat Boy for ten minutes. Um, so, you know, so oh. Into the Gungeon I've played for a little bit. Um, it's a fun game, but I've never really played many of these games. But that's beside the point. Mm. Don't treat your employees like this. Not only treat your employees like this, treat your also your fellow devs like this. Yeah. Especially ghosting them. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm believing the ball from this one. I'm believing, you know, Crooks and Laura here um, that, yeah, they signed an NDA and they got the source code. I believe that part the most because that makes like some sense. That makes a lot of sense right here because a lot of people do that. Yeah. Especially when it comes to pouring your games out. You have to find who's going to do it the best. And you kind of blew it. Especially when you have an NDA right. with, you know, hold, you're supposed to deliver something. Now, as a streamer, we get NDAs all the time and, and you know, like special deals and stuff like that where we have to go out and promote the game and play the game in a certain time frame. Yes. And if you're not doing that, you're getting... Well, you're getting like looked at like, oh, don't worry with this guy. No, we're talking crap with him now. Yeah. So it just yeah. makes yourself look like an asshole. Sorry for cussing, but damn. You're right. You're right. For sure. Mm -hmm. Just another just another example of, you know, in 
people thinking they can treat people the way they want to and doing things the way they want to. And it doesn't fly. It does not fly with, with anybody. It doesn't. So let's go on to our next story. I feel like I need a giant wheel. It's a giant <laughs> wheel, a bunch of companies, and we spin it. And that's what ends up on news desk. <laughs> and look at the big wheel this week of bad news. Oh, look, it's GameStop again. That's right. Oh, we know about it. GameStop is closing down almost 200 stores to end this year. Gosh. It's, I know, right? A stand from the company CFO, James Bell, explained the drop in sales consistent with what we have historically observed towards the end of a hardware cycle. From another quarter, a double-digit decline in the stock market, which I'm not a big stock market guy, but that means, uh, yeah, they're, they're losing big here. That being said, Bell told investors that 180 to 200 unemployment stores will be closed down around year's end. With about 5,830 GameStops worldwide, about 4,000 of them located in the United States and Canada. We don't know which ones are closed down, but hope it's not yours. Hope we don't go to that one either. Now, the fear's not looking great for them. But the rise of online sales was not only removed sales from the storefront, but their cornerstone of selling used games and trade-ins. Also in April, Sony announced they'll longer allow retail partners to sell download codes for PS4. Could we be seeing any GameStop here in the near future? Maybe. I'm going with a yes here. I think GameStop is 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 seeing their last leg right here. I think we've seen a lot from GameStop. You know, the past year it's just been it's been crazy. You know what they've done to to slim down their whole company. I mean, you know, close it. You know, Think Geek. You know, they mm -hmm. bought that. That's Game done. Informer. Game Informer. You know, last month they laid off so many folks there. Um, you know, with the rumor that they're going to lay off more folks from Game Informer. You know, that's the rumor that people keep hearing, and that's what you know the news keeps talking about you know closing 200 stores now there's a lot of stores i mean it says 5830 worldwide 4000 in the united states right so yeah. that's still 3800 stores which is still a lot but here's my thing with with gamestop in my city alone there are and i'm not a very big city mm -hmm. you know um well, i guess we are there is four in my city alone wait four so, yeah there's four Holy so crap. I could, you know, I could drive to any of those four. And then, so I've always kind of wondered, why are there so many here? Like, I don't get it. And I get, you know, you geographically position them, you know, to, mm -hmm. to, to be in specific parts of the city. That way nobody can travel, you know, has to travel, you know, around the city. But there are four here. And, okay, you close a couple here. You combine some people. Um, but, again, you know, it's those people that are letting, you know, they're letting them go. Uh, my best friend, he worked at GameStop all throughout high school and college. And that was, you know, he was ended up being like a supervisor manager and helped him pay his way, you know, through college. And he says there's so much, you know, he was like, oh, there's a lot of waste, you know, like in any company. Um, but I don't personally shop at GameStop. I stopped shopping at GameStop probably about six or seven years ago when um, they messed up one of my orders and refused to help me out and just be generous and be nice about it. So I stopped using it. I don't buy used games there from all, you know, I don't buy used games there at all because we have a couple other resale shops here in town that are mom and pop shops that I buy from mm -hmm. um, only because they sell the games cheaper. You know, what really drives me nuts is a game's $59.99 brand new and you go to GameStop and it's $57.99. Like, why would I spend $2 nah, less when nah. in the same parking lot there's a Best Buy that I can get the game brand new? It, it just, it, I don't, I don't, I'm just, that's just me. Some people, $2 is a lot of money. But for me, it's like, no, I'll just go to, you know, I get a discount ordering through Amazon day one, or I get a discount, you know, still through Best Buy a little bit anyway, or I've got Best Buy, you know, cards or whatever. 
But this whole GameStop thing, remember there was a big issue when Xbox was going to release the One X when they said, you know, they're going to try to go all digital and GameStop lost their mind. You know, people lost their mind about that, but we're like, but if that's what's going to happen, you know, maybe GameStop needs to stop with their bull and kind of, you know, lower some of their prices. And I don't know. And and another thing about GameStop, and this, I apologize if this seems like I'm bashing GameStop. I kind of partly am. Every time I've gone into GameStop, I have had the worst customer service. Look, I get it. I know you're in high school and you have all this angst and, you know, you love video games too, but don't be a dick. All of you. I have never been into a GameStop in which I've been greeted nicely or that I've been dealt with nicely. And that sucks, you know? So customer service speaks long distance. So between customer service, them messing up my orders, their games being extremely overpriced, and I just don't go there at all. But yeah, I agree. I agree. I think GameStop. I think we're seeing... my GameStop. They're my place here, dude. Like, hi, I can help you out. Want to buy a merchant card? Like, no, I'm good. Really? Dude, like, we used to have two GameStops. One in the mall and one kind of on the strip mall. Like, just a few blocks down. Yeah, close one down the mall, and this one is just like, "Hi, who built here? Huh, huh? That Funko Pops? Want to deal in the Funko Pops here? We got some Funko Pops, huh? 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 New controllers? Huh? huh? Like crack at this point. I'm just like, uh, thank you for the customer service. I'm I've never received them. <laughs> I've never received that customer service. <laughs> where's the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm just kind of wondering that question all the time. Like, where do they go? <laughs> I have never received customer service at all. I mean, I've even had them argue over a coupon that I had. Like, look, it what? says, you know, trade in a game and I can get X number percent more. Here's the damn coupon. Oh, well, I don't, this is just, just do it. Seriously. You know, so, but from what I've heard, from what my friends told me, they have really strict rules on what they can say and do. You know, yep. if they have that, there's something else going on. It's just, to me, it just seems a little greedy. Um, but just because of that, I won't buy from them at all. But I think you're right. I think we're, I think the end is nigh for them. And I think we're going to see a lot more closed down. And, you know, potentially it goes, it goes out of the, you know, it goes the, it just sunsets like a lot of the other businesses we've had, you know, and malls and stuff like Babbage's and, you know, all those old, old stores that just don't exist anymore, you know? I'm trying to find my last big purchase at GameStop. I think that when I bought my uh, Xbox One on Black Friday, cause I was like, you know, I'll get a good deal here. It's better than me, like, waiting up to like 8 p.m. buying through like Best Buy or Target. Yeah, you know, I went to GameStop, like two people online. I'm like, I like my odds. Okay, 5 a.m. All right. <laughs> and it's like, I spent 500 bucks, got all my stuff. And I was like, that was my last big purchase at GameStop. Yeah. After that, it's all been online. I just really don't see myself like doing that stuff again. Like where I'm just like, like remember minute releases? And you're waiting in line. Minute yeah. releases. Like, yeah. I was, I was waiting for Black Ops. I think it was Black Ops, the first one. Okay. And we waited since like 4 p.m. until midnight. My buddy saw two people in line. He's like, we got to get one right now. I'm like, dude, like, I want to get snacks first. I want to, like, make sure I got a chair. Get in line right now. It's like, okay, we'll go wait in line. And we waited for Black Ops. And never again. Yeah. It's not worth I it. Mean, I mean, at this point, I'm rather just wait for the, you know, the game to go live on, like, Epic or, like, Steam. Like, oh, it's live now? Okay. Yeah. Or I'll just pre-order. in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's the older you get the less that becomes cool, <laughs> you know, that you can't stay up all night to wait for a game because, you know, you can go pick it up on your lunch break or have it installed and you're just ready to go when you get home. Uh, yeah. Dang. No more game stops. On to our last story of the day, guys. I think it's written somewhere on a stone wall. You don't mess with Nintendo. Well, September 10th, Nintendo has filed a lawsuit against the website Rom Universe. Now, 
those that don't know what ROMs are or don't rock, ROMs are software pulled from the game that can run on an emulator to experience the game free on your software, either your smartphone or your computer. I know we like free stuff here, but this gets deeper than that. ROM Universe has probably offered memberships on the site priced at $30 a year that allows you to download an unlimited number of games with a higher download speed than non-members. Nintendo says this among this is among the most visited and notorious sites for their games, with nearly 300,000 offers for Switch downloads and five almost half million for 3DS downloads. What Nintendo is asking is 150,000 for each copyright infringement and up to $2 million for each trademark infringement. Now, I'm not a big math guy. I'm not. But with my handy calculator app, we can assume the total is going to be around a million dollars. But we could see less than that. Back in 2018, Nintendo reached a $12 million settlement with loveroms.com and loveretro.co over similar allegations. So, <laughs> walking the don't mess with Nintendo hour. Uh... You don't do it. You don't. I, I think the most sleazeball thing here is they're offering that $30 membership and selling the television products that way. For me, is that that just means like you're doing, you're selling product off, you're not really selling off. This is a legally, I'm going to say it now, illegally obtained item. Let's say this. It's pretty much legally obtained. And you're selling off for 30 bucks a year. What kind of scumbag are you to do this? Hope this person like seriously gets a billion. Yeah. So, um, so first of all, I, what I'm reading here is they sold their membership on their site for $30 mm-hmm. a year. Okay. Yep. So first of all, that's more than the actual Nintendo yearly membership. And number two, they sold it to give higher download speeds to non-members. Yep. Okay. So just like you're no calculator guy, I'm not a calculator guy either, but I don't think you really need an outrageous bandwidth to download one megabyte games. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, they, how they could were, you they even were Switch say... games? Switch, like Splatoon, yeah, Legend of Zelda. Oh, so... But even 3DS games and even other ROMs and stuff, like, yeah. those don't take very long to download sometimes. So I don't, yeah, that's kind of weird to me. Um, but that number right there that, that says nearly 300,000 offers to download Switch and 500,000 for 3DS, holy cow, yeah, 300,000 times 150,000 for each of those. And two million for the trademark infringement, billions and billions of dollars. It's ridiculous. Um, I mean, ROMs and, and number two, like the games. I know we're all cheap in this world, and you know a lot of us have grown accustomed to, hey, let's just pirate that. No, don't do it. It doesn't just hurt Nintendo. You know that hurts the developer companies. That hurts the people. That hurts everybody else uh, monetarily. Um, so that's not cool. Um, but number two, man, that that company is going to be hit hard because you know Nintendo is going to win something. Oh out of yeah, that. hands down. That ROMs universe is no longer going to be on, um, and they're going to really take. I, from what I've heard, Nintendo's Nintendo's legal team uh, in, in Japan oh. and in Nintendo America and even in Nintendo UK are bulldogs and will mow you down. Oh, they are, dude. They have won so many cases so far. Heck, I think they only lost one ca- case. I think it was for. Wasn't the Switch logo like sample the Switch? Not quite sure. I don't know, something like that. But all your things like, oh yeah, you you're using our trademark. Oh, uh, lawsuit. Well, we win. Uh, well, that's another stack of money. See, these lawsuits are printing billions for that. That's right. I'm. It prints money. That's right. We're yeah. from the old me up here. 
from Shirigirimoto. Um, you look at the lawsuit itself, it's can be found on the Polygon website. Yeah. Uh, you can see a lot of like where they're getting this information from, and a lot of like the trademarks are being you know down here, like right there. Boom, I see Mario Odyssey, all languages you can download right there. And it's oh, like, you can even see the actual, um, mm-hmm. the actual legal documentation. Holy smokes, yep, uh, yep, and they kind of go forward and forward. Wow, yeah, they're not messing around, they're, they're, they are not they're messing not. around, they're not. They are, they have pretty much had this case won right now. And yeah, like we can see the payments, all this other stuff. And pretty much, yeah, they received over 75 visitors each month, 75,000 visitors each month. My bad, sorry. So they, uh, Nintendo of America has won this case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll definitely take it. Crazy, man. Oh, dude, People. Do we need spot for you guys? Don't mess with Nintendo. Okay. I'm saving you like billion dollars here. <laughs> it's now a money making stream. Please do not mess with Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, companies, just just hire us. We'll tell you this for a hundred dollars instead of twelve million dollars. You know, thirty dollars for thirty dollars a year. We'll tell you there's a high high grade internet speeds. <laughs> but let's move on to game releases for the week of September 16th, guys. This week you can buy Whoa. AI the Sum the Sumbian Files. Groundhog's Day, like Father, like Son, Sonia Nara, Wild Hearts, Nino Kuni, Ralph of the White Witch Remastered. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Brain of Reflections, Lessons of Zelda, Link's Awakening, <laughs> The Sundren, and Untitled Goose Game. Sky, I know what you're excited for that whole mix. <laughs> I'm excited for a lot of those games, but number one, you're going to think I'm crazy, but Untitled Goose Game, I have been watching, keeping my eye on for months. And the, when I first saw it, or actually I heard it on a podcast of somebody that was like, hey, this game looks really cool. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to check it out too. And this game, Untitled Goose Game, I'm just going to straight out buy it. So the game is, you're, you're a goose, right? Mm-hmm. And your whole goal is to be a complete ass. So you have to complete puzzles so- and you have to, you go on missions and quests and stuff. And you got to do stuff to irritate people like walk up behind people and honk at them or steal something while they're working on something and try to take it. So there's all these puzzles. So you're in this village and in this village, you are just this ass goose that just does crazy stuff and completes these little quests and things. And it's in the same art style as like Donut County. Mm-hmm. So if you ever seen that, if you ever played that game, it's really good. Uh, but this is from a, a company called House House. Um, and I have just had my eyes on it for for months the music sounds really cool the art looks really cool you know it's that kind of art that cartoony art style where there's no faces on people um you know it's just kind of all blended together um and you're this goose that just walks around and is just a big jerk <laughs> so you say and, jerk goose yeah you're, instead of jerk cat is jerk goose it's jerk goose up. and it just looks fantastic and i'm gonna play with my wife because she loves stuff like that she thinks it's funny and she wants to play it together so that's gonna be our game I'm 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 fan of him Neon Kuni after White Witch for my Switch just so the wife can play it because I got Neon Kuni to the PC and she's like what's this I'm like it's Neon Kuni too she's like looks like a Studio Ghibli film I'm like well funny you say that honey <laughs> because it <laughs> is guess what this is <laughs> oh. so like, oh my God. I never not got to play Neon Kuni um, was it on PS2 it was on PS I think three. Was it, okay, three. So I never got to play it, and it's on my RPG radar. You know that my focus in a lot of my streaming is yeah. RPGs, and it, I never got to play it. And so I've got that 
So I'm, I'm getting that. That's on pre-order. I think I, I don't know if I'm gonna get it for PS4 or or I th- I have a reserve for PS4, but now I'm kind of thinking PC. So I've got that on reserve. Um, of course, Link's Awakening I've got on reserve. I'm, oh. I'm gonna play that all next week and probably beat it next weekend. So uh, I've got yeah, that's gonna be fantastic. I also I'll ordered the Amiibo. Time. What's that? I'm devoting time to that game, like straight oh, up yeah. time. Yes. So my son has a swim tournament next week, and so we just sit around doing nothing. So I'm taking my Switch, and my friend is actually bringing a little generator to hook up, you know, kids' electronics. And stuff. <laughs> My Switch is going to be charged all weekend. Uh, <laughs> this tailgate with a Switch. <laughs> yeah. And I got, the new, I got the Link's Awakening Amiibo to go with it. And then, of course, I've got Untitled Goose King. So next weekend is going to be really, really – next week, period, is going to be super fun. So I've got to do as much as I can on Greedfall this week and uh, finish up Gears 5. Uh, and let's take a look at the free stuff this week, guys. Guys, we like free stuff. We don't like free. This week on Xbox Games with Gold, you can pick up We Were Here and Tech and Take Tournament 2. And on the Epic Store, you can pick up Canarium or Canarium? I don't know. It's the Lovecraftian story. Pick that up. It's free till the 19th. I mean, I, I'm just going to say right now Tekken Tate Tournament, you don't have it. Tekken is an amazing fighting game. I love Tekken. Um, yeah. I'm, de- I'm definitely big the Tekken. That game is like my crack, where it's like you're passing your, you know, your, all your punches, left punch, right punch, low punch. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's a cool old school fighting game. I just love fighting games in general, and that's like the hypest stuff until like next year when some good stuff releases, and I lose a week of sleep just trying to match your combos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got our first spoot game of the year coming out like there. Boom, that's free. Enjoy that. I believe We Were Here is a co-op puzzle game. If I remember this correctly, where you kind of like like talk each other through like what each person needs to do. Like you know, you go here, and you pull this lever. You got anything on the other side? Nope. Okay. It's like one to normal escape from it, I want to say. Oh, gotcha. I'm not quite sure. But that's going to do it for the news was this, this week, guys. We'll see you next week with hopefully more news. Trust me, there's more news. It's, it's only this day. News comes on the weekend, which fills up really fast. So see you next week. Right, this is a segment of the show in which we take a letter or note from a gamer out there and discuss their question or topic. Well, hopefully we answer a question. Sometimes we get off on a tangent, but it's okay. Sometimes, not sure, but let's continue. So this comes from Soroxis. We know you love RPGs and we have heard your love for Kingdom Hearts. It is truly one of the best series and has such an epic line of weapons in the Keyblade. Soros' weapon has many characteristics and abilities that contribute to the flavor of the game. Even Mickey Mouse gets his own Keyblade. So here's a cool question for you. What would your Keyblade look like and what abilities would it have? Love the show. Peace. So first of all, Soroxis, I see what you did there. Uh, He's clever. Uh, I get it. it. So for you guys that don't know out there about Kingdom Hearts, um, Kingdom Hearts is is definitely an iconic RPG and the main weapon that the protagonist uses and even the antagonist used in this game are called Keyblades. And it definitely is one of the most iconic weapons in any video game story ever. People know what a Keyblade is. I even have a replica Keyblade near my desk. Uh, It's a life-size Keyblade. It's just the basic Keyblade. So it's what Sora uses to fight the darkness. Um, There are many types of Keyblades in the game. You get them as you beat certain environments, certain levels. A lot of times those skins and aesthetics are based on the level of, like the Disney level, like whether you're, you know, in Nightmare Before Christmas or whether you're in, you know, um, Aladdin or whatever, the Keyblades based upon whatever area you're in Disney. 
related. So the kingdom key is the basic key, and that basic key can unlock doors, open chests, has various magical abilities, has very melee abilities, and of course that power is enhanced by those keychains that you can put at the end of each blade. So that's just kind of a quick wrap of what a keyblade is. Now, Jesse, what do you think the best keyblade is? Ultima. Ultima? It's, yeah, yeah. It's the hardest one to get because the grind of that third one is just a pain in the ass because you gotta like it's like you gotta find the Ultima chunks in certain worlds. There's like a random chest somewhere and it's sort of fine. And a lot of the stuff you have to grind out the food, which Ultima is definitely the best keyblade you can get. Yeah. We're talking like the best looking one. Uh any one from Nightmare Before Chris World are always the great ones because I'm a sucker for that Tim Burton art style and like yeah. it's spooky and it's had that lean all the time. Yeah. So my favorite, of course, I have two that I think are kind of the be- the coolest looking to me. And one, of course, you know, is always the Oath Keeper. That one's just always, uh, I, I, you, it's a basic one. You know, everybody wants the Oath Keeper and it really has some really cool powers. But I also like the one Leon uses, the Sleeping Lion. Mm-hmm. I like the way it looks with kind of the silver lion on it. And it's just, it's just kind of neat to me. I think the worst one, though, is that stupid umbrella. I forget which game it is, but I remember Sora has like this black and white umbrella that he carries around for his Keyblade, and it just looks ridiculous. So what worst one, what's, what's one you don't like? There was an umbrella? Hey, yeah, there's an umbrella. Um, I forget which one for which game it is, um, but which, which, which one do you not like? That's kind of a loaded question. I'm trying to think like now, like all the keyblades, because trying to figure out which one, they didn't use any magic ones in the like the first two. So anything that had magic, they didn't really care about their pants. No, hang on. What was the? I would say the one you get in the Frozen World in three. I thought that one was crap. I yeah. didn't like it. I didn't care for it. I, I instantly was like, nope, I'm done here. I never <laughs> touched it, and that stayed in my box on on the table. I was like, then I'm not doing you. Nope. <laughs> nope, not touching it. Nope. So yeah, so the umbrella, uh, it's not an actual keyblade, um, but it is a weapon that um Roxas or Zion. Oh, it's a it's a LARPer one. Okay, it's a LARPer. Yeah. 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 So it's it's from 358. Find normal. Find normal. Yeah. It's magic. It, yeah, yeah. It's I guess I guess it's like a joke weapon or whatever. But anyway, it was just dumb. Yeah. You know, it's just dumb and it looks crazy, but they wielded it like a keyblade. So I was like, yeah, it's kind of lame. But yeah, no, no. So, okay. So let's, so here's the, here's the question. If you could design your own Keyblade, what would it look like? And what abilities would it have? I just want my Keyblade to look like a giant ball of Jack Daniels at this point. Because <laughs> <laughs> after suffering for all three's cutscenes, it felt like I needed a giant ball of Jack Daniels to tell his cutscenes. Needless <laughs> uh, to say, I enjoyed the, the combat in Kingdom Hearts 3, but I hate the cutscenes. <laughs> for the powers... I don't know. How the power of flight do anything for you? Left hand oh, cool. How the power to kill a yak from two <laughs> yards away with mind bullets? The that's so cute, Jeremy. <laughs> all right, tenacious D. To move you. <laughs> no, I'll take all the powers there. I want the power yeah. to move you. <laughs> that's all I want. That's uh, awesome. I don't know. It's like if we're thinking like that. I guess like there's some kind of boost up strength. I guess that way I can just like mow down stuff. And yeah, I want the power of flight, telekinesis, and the power to move you. There you go. All in one. I want your Wonder, Wonder Boy at all times. I just want the power of all Marvel characters in one Keyblade. There you go. And I have all powers. <laughs> <laughs> so I would, I want, and this is weird. I want a Keyblade that looks like the Halo Energy Blade. God, you're a nerd. <laughs> I know. I just think it'd be kind of cool to have like, well, you think about it. It kind of looked like a Keyblade lightsaber. How cool would that be? 
or have a really, really long keyblade like Sephiroth's blade from Final Fantasy. Or if you get in the spoiler area, we had the wait, I spoiler alert, you got a giant key at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3. There I said, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> I just want Sephiroth's blade, but as a keyblade. You know, that way I don't have to get close to all those enemies. I can just kind of swing around and, okay, I've just got Sephiroth's Blade, which is nine feet long. You know, so I think that would be kind of cool. And I want the ability, if it was a real-life Keyblade, I think it'd be cool to have the ability to um, turn things hot or cold. You know, so if you're, like, in a hot area, you can just kind of emanate, you know, like, this chill. And if you're cold, emanate this hot. I don't know. That's just a selfish reason. But I thought that would be kind of cool to have this Keyblade and that I could wield as a weapon, but yet chill things so- and heat things. So the Texas Keyblade, great for barbecues and also general weather. Gotcha. There you go. Exactly. You're always ready for the elements. Everything bigger in Texas. Yeah, I'm sure Pirate King would love that one. You know, that he could have a Keyblade to where, you know, just heat at our disposal. I think that'd be kind of cool. If Joe wanted that Keyblade, you know it's going to have, like, some sort of seduction power to it as well. (laughs) power to move you. The power to move you. That's all it needs. But anyway, so that that's kind of, that was kind of a cool little topic we heard, and we kind of liked that to talk about Keyblades because we both like Kingdom Hearts, the whole trilogy, you know, or, or however. There's like 27 games to go along with it. It seems like um, Kingdom Hearts three, yes, was a bit of a letdown, but the no, Keyblade the is whole, the whole story is just like a bunch of jumbled mess. You need like an encyclopedia, a structural DVD that understand the whole thing. If you're not playing this whole series from start to finish, you're pretty much lost. And that's why I think like a lot of people kind of like, hey, yeah, it's an amazing game, but to your gut, a yeah. story. I'm like, yeah, just play for the combat at this point. Yeah, well, dude, I mean, even even the creator of the game still doesn't know what's going on, I think. I think he admitted that like, ah, eh, some of the stories haven't been fleshed out or we're not complete on that story yet. And I'm like, really, dude? How, how do you create a game and you don't have all the answers or you don't know where your story is going or you don't even know how to explain your story. So... It's did fine. Go, it's a it's a fun game. It's a good game. It's an iconic game. Did he Kojima himself? What's that? Did he Kojima himself? I think he might have Kojima himself. He was like, I don't even know what's going on. That's kind of like, you know, with Kojima and Death Stranding. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm not even sure how to interpret this. I'm going to let you guys interpret it. It's like, dude, come on. You just want to put a bunch of crap on a screen. But I'm still going to play it. Anyway, Soroxus, thanks for that right in. We truly, truly appreciate it. And yes, we are fans of the Keyblades. And thank you for writing in again. And that was the mailbag or what kids are calling electronic mail. Friends, each week we also like to discuss the newer old games that we are currently playing. Some games we like, some games we don't like, some games we're addicted to, some games we're kind of like, meh. But we like to call this segment, what is tickling our funny bits? Jesse, what is tickling your funny bits this week? So many games. So many games. I've officially dubbed this time of year for me Keymageddon because mm-hmm. right. I just keep getting keys. It's just like, okay, so I got to play these five games this week sometime. Uh, let me I, If you guys want to take a look at what I've been playing, River City Girls, Undermine, Decay of Logos, Blasphemous, Gears 5. That's just the tip of the iceberg right there. Uh, I, I'm enjoying Blasphemous. That a game is so, like, gnarly it's a pretty much another castlevania meets dark souls kind of combat style and you're, oh yeah oh dude i'm people have I'm, that people have been tweeted a lot about that game it looks kind of neat yeah. 
that game it gets so bloody, but it's so worth it. <laughs> I'm you're just like, okay, I'm doing this first cutscene. Okay, that person just stabbed himself. Wow, this is only the first minute of the game. Okay, then. <laughs> so if you're not expecting that right away, you just you pretty much have your mods like going, What am I watching? Like I listen, you're gonna get mine, but I'm enjoying it. I can't wait to get back in that game. Um uh, I've been dabbling in Gears 5. Uh yeah, I mean it's it's good, but I got, I got a few problems with the game. That's me, like small problems. Yeah. But I've been playing a lot of the, the SNES on Switch, especially my wife wanted me to play some Marvel World last week, so I've been playing that. I think I'm in World 4 again after only like a few hours of the gameplay. And it's just like, okay, I go here, I go here, get Switch here. So it's pretty much like me like running through like stuff I messed up as a kid, but doing better as an adult. And it's just kind of great to kind of for that game and i'm loving it uh, but jeremy what is stealing your funny bits well i've only been playing a couple games this week i wow classic i haven't touched since last saturday night because i stayed up to like two o'clock and yeah i know i, I stayed up to like two o'clock in the morning and i was going to bed and i was like you know what i need to take a little bit of a break i don't want to be you know i don't want to get back into the same patterns i did so i think i'm just going to kind of be like a weekend warrior on that game so i think i'm going to leave that game to kind of like just a couple hours a week, you know, maybe do a level a week and just kind of mm-hmm. grind out from there. Um, so, but my main game this week, I received a code um, from, from the folks that made Greedfall. And dude, I'm telling you, this game is, it's a sleeper hit. It's really cool. There's story of intrigue. There's a little bit of like mysticism yet, you know, it's like you're kind of coming over and discovering things, you know, like in the early days of exploration, like, you know, like the 1600s. So it kind of has a weird story of intrigue. There's a lot of political stuff going on. So there's a lot of back alley deals between, between people that run the city and like mayors and uh, you know, like the military guards and stuff on top of that is, you know, this character, that's this protagonist that he is in charge. He's called a legate. So he basically is an influencer in the city basically. And he's Mm -hmm. in charge of making sure everything happens and everything happens smoothly. Um, And he assists the governor. Anyway, just the governor's his cousin. Anyway, uh, long story. Um, But you get to choose who, how you want to play. So if your play style is melee, you can load up on melee. If your play style is ranged and you want to be uh, carry a gun and drop traps, um, you can do that. Or you can play with magic. So it it has a feel so like of... Fable. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. It has a feel of Fable. It has... Because you can mix and match this, all of these. better. Abilities. Yeah, so it has See? the feel of Fable, Assassin's Creed, maybe um, Assassin's Creed like a Black Flag. Uh, it has the feel of... It's, you know, generic, you know, general RPGs in which there are quests, there are side quests, there are skill trees, there are crafting weapons, there are crafting traps, there are crafting this. And it also has a huge feel of Dragon Age, like the political intrigue and stuff is mm-hmm. very similar to me to Dragon Age. I will say, though, the combat at first feels a little janky. But once you understand like, hey, you're firing weapons and that's really what you need to stick to um, unless you're trying unless you get uh, proficient in dodging and kind of sidestepping and stuff. The, the melee combat's kind of tough at first, but it, it gets a lot smoother, um, especially when you can take people with you. So in like Dragon Age, you get people to travel with you. You can pick characters to travel with you. Some of them are required based upon the story, um, but I really like it. I dig it. Uh, I'm having to really kind of think about how do I manage my weapons and how do I upgrade stuff? I like the story. I think it plays smooth. I got it on the PlayStation 4, so it runs very, very nicely. The only other complaint, I have two complaints. And one complaint is it kind of takes a little long to explain what the hell is going on. It took me about five hours to realize what was going on. 
Um, and still, I'm still kind of like, wait, what? Um, and the second part is, I don't know if this is a PlayStation thing, but I think they're going to patch it and fix it a little bit. The voice, the mouth movement is a little uh. out of sync of the actual voice, but it's slightly enough that you can tell and go, damn it, that's irritating. But I've got, I've kind of started to overlook that, which really doesn't matter. But I know some purists, like when they play video games and they review stuff, like that's a huge turnoff and they'll stop playing because of it. I'm not going to stop playing the game because of that. I'm just like, okay, cool. It's just, it's just a, a thing that unfortunately probably couldn't perfect. It's okay. So I've been playing a lot of Greedfall, and then I've been playing Gears 5, although again, this morning, I got another... So I have it on Xbox One X, mm-hmm. and so I found if you if you hit a checkpoint and maybe play it for a few seconds enough to understand what's going on, like maybe have a little bit of dialogue between the characters, and then if you turn your Xbox off, not like power it down, but kind of turn it off, so when you mm-hmm. turn it back on, it picks back up, it freaking glitches out every time. What? I have to always, always restart the checkpoint. So I've had to do that about five times now to where I've wa- I've paused it and walked away and then come back a few minutes later. And like the person that's supposed to like trigger the next part or by walking through a door, you're supposed to trigger the next part. Nothing will trigger. So that is really frustrating. I don't know what I'm doing. Check for updates. It's updated. See, I'm playing on PC. I haven't experienced a problem yet. Yeah. I don't know if it's an Xbox thing, but I've had a lot of those where I've had to basically restart checkpoints i got to one checkpoint i played the level for like 15 minutes and then the person that i was supposed to walk up to to trigger the next movement um she just kept pathing back and forth and i was like okay what's going on and so i walked around the whole area backtracked like for 10 minutes and finally went something's wrong and so i restarted the checkpoint redid all that combat for about and then it triggered the next scene so i've i've gone through about five of those now which is very frustrating um, because it makes me stop and have to redo things. So, but I'm playing what's grind. What's uh, I was gonna say what's grinding my gear, but that's not right. So, what's been tickling my funny bits this week is Greedfall and Gears Five. All right, folks, this is the portion of the show in which we sell out and inform you, amazing folks, where you can find the old interwebs. Jesse, let's sell it. Let's sell this out, guys. You can come find me at Mitch.com/tapper, where I play games quite a bit often. We're gonna probably switch up some week and play some randomized uh seller runs because that's my crack um you can come find me on twitter twitter.com slash tapper we can find me posting a little more often now i usually dunk on tim good friend of ours and you come find me on my own discord discord.gg slash burger nation where you come join the news desk and also share your memes with us we do love memes there jeremy where can we where can we sell you out at all right. So again, I'm also a content creator as well. You can find me streaming now on twitch.tv slash Mr. Skyroby. That's M-R-S-K-Y-R-O-B-I. You can also find me posting some cool things on Twitter or Instagram. Both of those will be at Mr. Skyroby. I do post some weird shenanigans. I've even started doing a daily walk, a uh, little vlog for about 30 seconds every day. So I post my thoughts for about 30 seconds. And I do that on my daily morning break. I just kind of walk around campus and talk about stuff. So find me pretty much anywhere at Mr. Sky Roby. Well, that does it for our time this week. Remember, our goal here at the Arcade Raiders podcast is to deliver our unique perspective into the video gaming world with random musings and discussion. Until we meet again, enjoy those games.